award-winning writer and novelist Donald Ryan has turned his hand to a new creative support, linked but different, uh, I suppose is the way you'd put it, in adapting his Booker Prize-nominated novel, A Low and Quiet Sea, for the stage, the theatre, those lights. Huh? And ahead of its staging in Limerick's lovely bell table, uh, Donald is with me now. Good morning to you. How are you doing, Donald? I'm great, Joe. So, it is different, right? It is different, all right, yeah. Um, and I have to say, I guess, way too much credit from Decadent for the adaptation. Um, it was Andrew Flynn who did, at say, 99.9% of the work when it comes to adapting the novel for the stage. <laughs> he did a great job. He sent me a draft and I read it, and that was basically my involvement. And the, the cast, actually, the original cast um, had a, a big hand as well in the um, in the adaptation because they pretty much acted it out, you know, in, in a theatre in Longford for a week or so. It was great. Mm. But taking something that, you know, you created on the page and transferring it to stage and having, as you've just said, to hand it over to some extent, what was all that like? I found it hard at the start, like years ago now, um, when I was approached initially about adaptations, I was very reticent. I was thinking, no, um, I, I just write books and that's what they are. They are books. They're things you hold in your hand and read. Um, and I, I never really envisioned them as plays or films or TV shows or anything. Um, but once you do let go, it's great because you you can do that. Exactly. You can hand it over and say, well, you know, you do your job and, you know, and I've done mine. So <laughs> if it goes wrong, I can't be blamed. But not really that. It's just that I'm not a playwright um, or a screenwriter. And so I leave these jobs to other people um, and for the most part, it's just pure joy, you know, and literally I end up just being an audience member. And it's amazing how you kind of forget um, things that happen in, in the stories and books when you see them on stage or on screen and you're surprised again. It's, it's fantastic. But I mean, as the original creator, you know, it's in your mind's mm. eye and it's your sweat, blood and tears. When you're sitting in the audience and you see it being manifested on the stage involving other people and their imaginations and their creativity, what is that actually like? Oh, it's beautiful. It, it it sometimes feels literally as though the story has come to life because there's flesh and blood people there inhabiting it in the moment. And I think actors are just incredible. I mean, to stand on a stage night after night and just and inhabit art like that, you know, and in, in the moment in front of a live audience. Because, I mean, for me, I'm locked away in a room when I write a novel or a story and there's a big remove of space and time between me and the audience. Um, and so it's kind of cowardly, you know, I can I can go very wrong and fix it up and go wrong again and fix it again. But when you're on a stage with a live audience, <laughs> you're in the moment and you have to get it right. Yeah. And the thing is, Donald, it is amazing in ways how this book, which was written what, towards the end of the last decade, resonates so strongly today because uh, one of the key themes is of uh, immigration, mm. of refugees, isn't it? I think it's never not going to resonate. I think since the dawn of time, since since men inhabited the earth, I think we're going to um, there's going to be that that idea of people being dislocated and moving around and trying to survive, um, and all the difficulties and the terror that can attend that, you know. And sometimes the triumph and joy that attends it. But I mean, I suppose the story of Farouk in the um, in in the novel and in the play is a story of tragedy and struggle, um, and for the most part, a story of not being believed, of having awful things happen to you, and being suspected and you know that's and that's an experience that's fairly common I think And what are your thoughts then about what's happening at the moment about Ukrainian refugees you know many of them currently staying with us in Limerick I mean what choice do we have I mean it seems to me that, that very powerful wealthy people orchestrate war 
war is big money, it's big business, you know. Um, the powers that be have to have a war going at any given time. You know, we 20 years of war in Afghanistan that yielded absolutely no gains at all and cost millions of lives, you know. But, but it made trillions of dollars in profit. Money, war is big money, you know. And so as long as war, as war is big money and, you know, rich people send working class people off to kill each other, we're going to have people who are displaced and dislocated and we have no choice but to take care of them. Mm. I often wonder about um, the, the relationship with the critic, you know, when you're mm. when you're a writer of books particularly and, you know, it requires publicity, you want people to know it's out there and then there are critics. Now, I think yeah. in general the critics have been kind mm. to you but do you avoid it or do you worry about the day when you bring out something, you're trying something else and... They're not as kind? Oh, absolutely. I mean, sometimes when a book comes out on Sunday morning when I know there's going to be an interview or a, actually interviews too because I often say ridiculous things and kind of <laughs> it looks terrible in print but um, when I know there's a big review in a paper I get really nervous because it can make or break a book. You know, I mean, I had a novel that was kind of that was stillborn in the UK because of a bad review in The Observer um, by a fellow Irish writer, you know, and that was just, it just gave the book a kick in. That can happen. They have, they have, they really have an effect, especially for so-called literary um, novels. Um, so it's always a risk, but I have been very lucky, Joe, you're dead right. I've been so lucky to have been really well received. Um, and it's, you know, and, and, but besides that, the main thing is I've been so lucky to have an audience, to have a readership. It's incredible to think of people who will go out and spend money and spend and invest hours of their time on something mm. I've created. And I'm so grateful for that. So you're not somebody who would say, as lots of people do in public endeavours, oh, I, I just don't look at it. I don't look at... I great. don't believe anyone who says that, to be honest. <laughs> I don't. You know, I, I can see, all right, um, how it'd be great <laughs> to be able to not. But it, I think it's, it's like if you know somebody is in the, in the next room talking about you and someone says, look, there's a button there you can press. And if you press that button, you'll hear what they're saying. You're going to press the button. <laughs> well, well, I often laugh with Amory, you know, because I know she filters the stuff that comes onto my screen here and uh, the stuff that she lets through can be fairly harsh at times. So I would yeah. like to think about the things that she's filtering at the same time. You know, yourself. Oh God, yeah, filter's great. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, with your very strong uh, Limerick links, you must be delighted to see this. You know, the Bell Table is one of the famous oh, theatres in Limerick Absolutely. life, isn't it? I absolutely love The Bell Table. The first novel I had published, Spinning Hearts, there's a scene at the end of the first chapter where um, the couple, Bobby and Trina, are in The Bell Table watching A Galway Girl by Geraldine Aaron. And it's one of my favourite scenes I've ever written because that's exactly from life. I, I was in The Bell Table years ago watching A Galway Girl by Geraldine Aaron in the, with Anne-Marie and it was just the most incredible experience, you know, and I've loved The Bell Table ever since. Yeah. Uh, and the, these performances, do, do you know what the dates yeah, are? Yeah, so it's going to be in the Bell Table on the 18th, 19th and 20th of May. Um, so there's 18 um, locations around the country, but the Limerick um, leg is Thursday 18th, Friday 19th and Saturday 20th in the Bell Table. All right. Well, listen, thank you so much. And listen, genuinely, we're just delighted by your success. And, oh, it, thanks, and it, it hasn't had the slightest impact on you as a person. And, <laughs> and I, I mean that genuinely, you know, you're exactly the same fellow you were when you were uh, coming in, um, uh, trying to make the breakthrough like so many others. And that's a compliment to you. Well, thanks so much for your support, Joe. I really appreciate it. And continued success. Get along to the bell table uh, for the adaptation of Donald Ryan's uh, book A Low and Quiet Sea for the Stage in May and more details obviously at limetreetheatre.ie because they're connected and the bell table as well and you'll find out more and I hope you have a great weekend as well Donald Same Donald to you, Joe. thanks a million thank you Your views Your news Your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95